What's up? This is Nina Perez, and this is Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Thank you so much for being here. I created this show for you, finding the best humans on the planet to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. Let's do this. So I want to tell you about this really cool dude. His name is Brian Beckham, and he's a computer scientist, a Division I athlete, a podcast host, a philosopher, a trial lawyer, lawyer based in Texas. We love Texas. And he's inspiring people to do things that they never thought that they could. I love that. So he has been voted a Texas super lawyer 14 consecutive times because he is no joke. Okay. So his law firm, VP Attorneys, is one of the best law firms in the United States and obtained hundreds of millions of dollars for the firm's clients, including many record-breaking results now i want to tell you how cool this guy is okay so he is super busy and last time he was on the show well he, we didn't even get to post it because there were some issues with uh sound and all that stuff and he still came on to give you guys some value that's the kind of dude this guy is so brian thank you so much for being here with me i appreciate you how are you I can't, I, I'm doing great, and I got to tell you, I came on this, I came on the show a second time for one main reason, and that's because you're so badass. I had such a good time <laughs> talking that you know we were done, awesome. and you were like, the audio is not that great, and I was a little disappointed to hear it wasn't that great because I, I I thought it was a great show, but I but I really had a great time, and I'm looking forward to to this show as well. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I had a great time too. I thought we had a lot of like synergy and good energy and all that stuff. And then at the end, when I was uh, downloading the episode, I'm like, wow, that sound sounds really bad. And I can't do this to Brian. He has to be the rock star. <laughs> I know he is. So Brian, yeah, yeah. the way I love to start the show is I like my audience to know a little bit more about you and then we'll take it from there. So tell me a little bit about who is Brian? Who is Brian Beckham? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a really big question and 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 I really appreciate the the kind words uh, that you said in the introduction. I, the one thing you didn't say or the two things you didn't say that I'm probably most proud of is is I'm a father and I'm a husband. I I've, I've got three kids. One is a freshman at A&M, Texas A&M. He's in the Corps of Cadets. I mean he's that's the awesome. fourth generation of Beckham men to do that. I've got a 17-year-old son. And I've got a 14-year-old daughter, and I've been married to my wife for 23 years. And, and those, those are probably the things that I'm most proud of. Uh, but, yeah. but yeah, so, you know, probably, uh, and, and I'm not sure if you can say this about yourself, I, I kind of consider myself a polymath. I'm interested in a lot of different things. I've been curious my whole life for whatever reason. I mean, I remember mm -hmm. when I was in third grade, my uncle, my mother's brother who I really looked up to. He was also in the military. He was reading a book called The Hobbit. And I was like, Uncle Jack, I, what's that book? And I mean, it's a, you know, 300 yeah. page book with no pictures <laughs> when you're in third grade is kind of intimidating. And he said, boy, it's a great book. You should read it. So I ended up reading The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. When I was in third grade, I actually think, Nina, that the, the number of any success that I've had in school or professionally, I can ultimately trace back to the fact that I've read my whole life my father, yeah. when I was a young kid, told me he would buy me any book as long as I read it. And I took him up on that. If you go down right now in my living room, I've got a stack of books, probably That's 50 great. high. And and I every single morning, the first thing I do when I get up is I try to read for about 30 minutes. I also try to read right before I go to bed. So, but anyway, I'm interested in tons of stuff, law, uh, computer science, philosophy, Buddhism, meditation, consciousness, artificial intelligence, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Right. Uh, your, brain works, <laughs> your brain works yeah. on like both sides, right? Like that creative side, 
but also that very logical side and, you know, the reading yeah. and all of that, but also like into the spirituality or the Buddhism of it, you know, like, so that that's pretty interesting. Now I do have a question though. Did, were you, are you able right now with this social media world that we're in, have you been able to get your kids to be readers too? I'm, I'm trying. That's a great, great. No, seriously, that is a great question. And, and, and I'll tell you, I, I think I have to say this because I think this is a this is an important thing to note. So I found a couple of years ago, it was really hard for me to read. It's hard for mm. me to sit down yeah. and focus uh, for any extended period of time, particularly if I was doing it on my iPad or my phone, then it's mm-hmm, next to impossible. Mm-hmm. And so what I started doing uh, two or three years ago is I started going back to real book, hardback books, real yeah. hardback books. And I, I feel, I frankly feel for the kids in this generation because they grew up with phones like they've never known any different. And it's right. hard for them to to focus for extended periods of time. I mean, you, you and I are members, and this is pretty cool to think about. We are the only generation in history, you and I, who will remember what it was like before yeah. cell phones and what it's like after cell phones. We're the last of our kind. Yeah. everybody else for the rest of human history, knock on wood, unless something goes terrible, will never know what it's like not to have these little screens in front of their face all the time. So I actually believe that one of the most important skills you can teach anybody nowadays, and particularly young young people, is what I call deep work. That's a phrase mm-hmm. I stole from a guy named Cal Newport, which essentially means the ability to sit still and focus for extended periods of time. Like that's a lost art. And if you can it do is. that, if you can do that, you're you're ahead of the game already. Like just being right. able to read a yeah. 200 page book puts yeah. you ahead of a bunch of other people. So yeah. that's a long way of saying I'm trying as hard as I can to get my kids to read. Yeah, but but it's yeah. tough. And I tell you, the number one thing I tell people who say who say like, how do you get people interested in reading? And this this is the number one thing I say. I say just read anything. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. read a romance novel, mm-hmm. read some trashy book or it, it doesn't matter what you read, just read. And then once you kind of get that habit, then you'll start getting interested in reading other things. It's so true. I, I did the same thing as you. I went back to hard books because I was trying to do this ebook thing. Yeah, I can't yeah. do it. I can't do it. And and I get um distracted, right? Because you get your notifications and because we run our own businesses and stuff, we're always getting notified. And it's, it's a tendency now, right? To to really hold down and concentrate on what you're doing because you really want to check that email. You really want to check that client. You really want to check, you know, and our generation is actually blessed by having that, uh, you know, that time in our lives where we didn't have that, but we're also kind of cursed too with the same thing that new generation is too, because we're used to our phones. Now we're used to our iPads, right? We're used to that. So we we're fighting too. We're fighting. We're fighting to hold on to the past, but also, you know, keep ourselves here in the present. Right. Do you find that? Yeah. And I, you know, I would say in some sense, it's harder for people of our generation to focus because because of the fact that we we used to live differently, whereas Mm -hmm. the kids nowadays have never lived differently. They like they've never known any better. There's all these studies out there and all these kind of heated newspaper headlines and stuff about how mm-hmm. social media and phones are terrible for kids and things like that. And I think 90, 90% of that is kind of nonsense. I actually think the younger generation is far better at handling the internet and social media than our generation. I mean, here's a perfect yeah. example. When you go online and you see some 
dumb beep uh, saying something stupid about politics or something on social media, I'd be willing to bet you a lot of money that person's not 18 or 19. I'll be willing to bet you that person's our age. And, mm-hmm, you know, that, mm-hmm. and, and so that's one of the, one of the problems is, is, I mean, think about it this way, Nina, back in the early 1990s or maybe 19, late 1980s or something, we weren't distracted by all this information. And then yeah. all of a sudden in a very short period of time, we've just been bombarded with distractions and we weren't ready for it. Like our yeah. generation wasn't yeah. ready for it. And I think that explains a lot of the problems that we find in our country and our world today. And that is I believe that the people that are our age that are supposed to be adults and supposed to be leading everything have regressed and turned into yes. children. I was just <laughs> talking about that. So true. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think we lost a lot of our, uh, uh, I mean, not everyone, but I, I see a lot of you know, old fashioned, I would call them, I guess that we would, we're born in the 1900s, according to TikTok, the 1900 yeah. babies, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I'm like 1900s, that's what we're doing now. Okay. Um, yeah. But you know, it's, uh, you know, I, we lost a lot of our, uh, our ability to communicate. Uh, we've lost a lot of respect for our elders. I remember growing up, that's something you were, sir, ma'am. Thank you. You know, it was, yep. that's, that's gone. Or at least I don't, I still do it. that by the way. I do too. Somebody who's 60, 65. I can, yep. yes, sir. And no, sir. Until they tell me yep. not to. Yeah. Right. The same, same. Um, and, but that's almost lost, you know, people kind of yeah. just talk to you. However, now before I would never dare speak to some, uh, someone uh, of an authority or adult the way that it's done now, but that's the world we're living in. Right. But you're doing a fantastic job because, you are taking, uh, you know, for you to say that it's difficult to concentrate. I agree with that, but you're also, you know, you're an attorney, right? So you, you, you have to be keen on information and reading. Are you finding it difficult as well to like, really just like, this is the case I'm working on. And I really got to focus. I I've found it super difficult. And I, I found it so difficult, Nina, that a couple of years ago, I, my, I felt like my brain was being fried by all this information. Mm. I actually took my computer out of my study. So I had no screens in my study. And when I would go to my study, I would leave my phone and I would literally have pen and paper because, you know, part of my job is I have to be able to, for example, I have to be able to read a mechanical engineer's accident reconstruction report, make sense of it. And then the next day I have to read the medical report of a award-winning neurosurgeon make sense of that. And then the next day I have to read a toxicologist report, make sense of that. Yeah. So the only way that I, the only way I can do that, I can't do that if my phone is nearby or if I'm reading on the iPad, I I literally need to basically put a cone of silence over myself. The way I tell you, one of the best ways to do it. And, and, and I think this is kind of funny, but I am probably most productive when I'm on an airplane, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's one of the few places, yep. you know, unless you sign up for Wi-Fi, where you're guaranteed not to be disturbed. So, I mean, I get so much work done on yeah. airplanes. It's, it's, yeah. it's funny. <laughs> for me, it's a cruise. I like going I on cruises. Yeah. So I, when I go on cruises, I tell my whole team, I'm not reachable. I don't have any Wi-Fi on a cruise. You know, they're like, don't you have, don't you have packages? Nope. They don't offer those. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Well, they do, but they're like 900 bucks a minute. Yes. Yes. I throw my phone into the safe and literally, you know, because you're on the water sometimes for a day or two, I get a lot of work done and you'd be surprised how much 
also you feel like a sense of peace and release, you know, that must be um, what you were talking about earlier as well with like meditation and your Buddhism and stuff like that, you know, like just being able to disconnect from this, you know, chaos and burnout. Right. So do you find that to be an important part of your life? I'll, I'll actually tell you a quick story. You said you're talking about putting your phone in the safe uh, three or four years ago, my family and I kids and wife went to Mexico and I decided to put my phone and iPad in the hotel safe all four days. And mm-hmm. I told Good. the people back at the office so they wouldn't worry. I was like, here's the hotel number. You can call the hotel number if it's an emergency, but I, I will not have a device with me for four days. And I, and I tell you what, I'm a big journal writer. Yeah. So I have my journal with me and I, I can go back and reference what I was, what I was going through at the time. But the first day or two, mm-hmm. Nina was, I mean, it was hard. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. fact that it was so hard made me realize how addicted we are to these technologies. Yeah. But I'll tell you what happened after a couple of days, I could almost physically feel my brain relaxing. And by, by the end of the trip, I almost didn't want to I right. almost didn't want to check my messages because right. here, here's the way here. And you talk about meditation and Buddhism and, and concentration practices and things like that. Here's, here's fundamentally what I think it comes down to because of screens and because of technology, the information is always coming in. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's always coming into our brains and into our senses. That's a new phenomena. It used to be, there would be plenty of times where you could sit around and like you could sit outside on your back porch, look up at the sun and not be distracted for an hour. Nobody can do that. Nobody, anymore right. Unless right. you put your phone in the house. And so I think it's super, super important to set aside, whether it's a walk in nature, whether it's meditation, whatever it is, to where there is no information coming mm-hmm. in. Like That's you good. have some time to let your brain push some information out. So one example of that would be, I used to listen to podcasts or interesting things whenever I went on hikes. And now about half the time, I leave my phone at home. I leave my AirPods at home and I just walk and kind of look at the trees. I'll tell you what I have probably my best ideas when I'm doing Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. Because the only time my brain gets Mm -hmm. to actually function like it's supposed to function. Right. Right. That's true. And, you know, uh, I, I know that you also are, I, I wanted to talk to you about this too, because when I was reading your bio, you were talking about how you um, really want to inspire people to do the things that they never thought they could. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And it kind of goes along with what you're saying, like you can disconnect, you can let your brain come back to its place. You can, you know, connect to the, to the environment, the nature, whatever's around you. How else is it that you're using all of that you do uh, to inspire other people? Probably. Uh, that's a really good question. Ian, and I appreciate that question. Probably the biggest thing. <laughs> so I'm turning 50. To, uh, we're shooting this podcast in the middle of November. <laughs> I'll be 50 <laughs> on November 30th, by the way. That's also Winston Churchill and Mark Twain's birthday too. My heroes. Uh-oh. I really like Uh-oh. to say that, <laughs> but, but, but I started uh, uh, t- about three years ago, I realized that I had been fortunate to be financially and professionally successful. And as a result, I got lazy. And I realized that success is dangerous because success tends to cause people to be lazy and not work any further. So I started looking for something to push myself. Long story short, I found Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And so at 50 years old, I'm in there fighting (laughs) 
bunch of 25 year old tough guys. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, it's the best thing I've done in the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And so if you go to my social, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and some of the other social media sites. If you go there, you'll see a lot of Brazilian jujitsu content. And that's because I'm trying, uh, I looked around, frankly, between you and me, Nina, and your, and okay. your guest here. Yeah. This is only 20,000 or so. I know. Just, uh, we'll keep this between us and the 20. <laughs> yeah. Between us guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked around a couple of years ago and I started looking at people that were in their late forties and early fifties and said, I don't want to, I don't want to look like that. I don't want to <laughs> feel like that. Right. I wasn't quite ready to, to, to go that route. And so, but I will tell you, man, that's real. When you, when you get my age, uh, it's, it gets tougher and you, you gotta does. be more, I find I gotta be more dedicated and it takes a little more discipline and the muscles yeah. are a little more sore. And when I <laughs> quit drinking alcohol, I don't lose the weight quite so fast. And so I'm starting to notice it, but, but I, you know, one of my favorite sayings is everybody in your crew identifies as either big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Your body, when it comes to physical fitness, is your body's very, very smart. If, if you teach it how to sit around and not move, it'll get very good at sitting around and not moving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you teach it how to move, It'll get very good at moving. So mm -hmm. right now, that's probably the number one thing I'm trying to inspire people with that in my podcast, which is uh, a leadership podcast where I feature people that I think are super positive, cool people, people like you. And uh, so those are the that's two awesome. things that are kind of motivate me the most, Nina. You know, it, it's it's funny, right? Because I'm reading your bio and people are like, whoa, OK, so he's a Texas super lawyer and all this <laughs> great stuff. Right. And, and, you know, I guess because I'm not in law, right. So I just think about the enormous amount of discipline it takes to be a lawyer. Uh, I have friends who are lawyers. So I, I know that they are constantly, I'm on a case right now, needs, you know, we'll go out to dinner in a week or two or whatever it is. Right. So they're always in the, in the, you know, in the books and the cases, you know, trying to figure all that out. And so I'm yeah. like, but, but, <laughs> but not, and he does that and he does jujitsu and he goes, <laughs> you know, and he's doing a podcast. Um, so the podcasting thing, you know, I think our voices are so important, Brian, right? Uh, I yeah. always feel like even if you reach the one person that needed to hear you, like there are pretty unbelievable things you are doing in people's lives by going on these podcast shows that you'll probably never hear about. You'll probably right. been never know, but you, but I promise you that there's somebody being impacted. Right. And, and that's I, I important. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how true I think that is, Nina. Uh, I think that's 100 percent true. I've, I've experienced mm -hmm. that with my own podcast. And, and here's my kind of working theory is if 10 people reach out to you and say, mm -hmm. boy, that was a great show. I really learned a lot. It's 100 people felt that way, like the people yeah. that actually take the time to say and, and I'm, I'm sure this happens to you frequently. Mm -hmm. It happens to me probably a little less frequently, but it, but it does happen. I'll get messages where people will say, I love your podcast. Please mm -hmm. keep doing it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love the last episode. Boy, that makes me feel so good. Me too. I mean, doesn't it make you feel good? To yeah, hear that? yeah, that makes me. My ego gets stroked. I love it for sure, <laughs> right? and mine does right. too. My, mine <laughs> right. does too. Like, because I'm because I'm legitimately, my intention is to try to make the world right. a better place, and right. to right. hear that I've been successful with one person, just I couldn't I couldn't feel better about that. But my point is, there's tons of people out there that don't reach out that feel that way. And you know how I know that? Because I'm like that. Like I listen to podcasts and I don't reach out to the host every time and say, boy, that matter of fact, I almost never do that. But, right. But you're having a people like you, Nina have such a big influence and your influence is broader than you realize. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So I do. I, I, I agree with that. And you don't know either. Like there has been times that I have listened to a podcast or I have a conversation with like, you know, someone like you and it'll, I'll, I'll, I always try to take away something that I put in my heart that I take with me, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I love the, you know, when, uh, you know, when I look around and I see people who are 40 and 50 years old, I think I don't want to look young, be like that. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to take that with me because that is a lot of how I feel too. Right. I hit my 50 years old. It's something that I've always struggled with is um, like being overweight. So that's something that I've always fought in my life, but I do move and I do all those things. And I I'm with you, Brian, when you get a little older, it is a little harder. It's a little tougher. It's a little, you know, harder to lose that weight. And when you're a woman, even more, cause at 50, For which sure. I just turned 50, yeah. we all, yeah. we have a uh, menopause and we have hormones imbalances and all this great stuff. Yeah, so yeah. it's all no fun, doubt. fun and games. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Um, so, you know, well, so and part I, of that, part of that is part of that is society has different standards for men and women. Like yeah. women are supposed, supposed to according to a lot of standards as they get older they're supposed to look younger whereas men sometimes when they get gray hair be all that person you know george clooney looks distinguished so it's a complete double standard (laughs) (laughs) some things are double standards and some things are just what they are right men are men women are women we just are who we are and you know and that's just the to me that's i only I only uh, this is probably going to get a little political, but I only believe in two genders. So I believe that men are men and women are women. And that's just how I that's just me. Right. Me, too. And I, and I will say this. So you guys have a tougher time when it comes to societal standards for aging. But yeah, yes. You also live bit. like five bit. years longer on average. So. <laughs> I know. I know. I guess that's our bonus for the for the suffering. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Um, so what do you um, so, so you do your podcast? you're still a lawyer, right? And uh, so are are there other things you're doing right now? Like, are you um, thinking of writing a book? Are you doing your code? Are you coaching people? What are you doing in that area in that space? Yeah. So the coaching I used to, uh, so I coached youth basketball for 14 years and I'm I'm finally out of that. I had a wonderful time doing it, but I kind of, I did my time. So I'm out of that, but what I'm working on. So I've, I've, I've written five, I think five books now, six books, uh, one of which is not legal related, the other are legal related, but the, but the book that's not legal related is called tips for success. And okay. So now I'm working on a second book. I'm I, what I'm working on is a trilogy. So I've already got the success book. My next book is going to be on positive leadership or leadership. And then my third book is going to be on happiness. That's the ultimate mm. goal is to have, have like a trilogy. And the, the way I'm writing the book, this is kind of neat. So the leadership book is not going to be some random lawyer from Houston talking about what he thinks about leadership. It's going to be people that were on my podcast 
and what they think oh, about good. leadership. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about military, we're talking about generals, we're talking about uh, Thunderbirds pilots, U.S. congressmen, sports oh, cool. stars, New York Times yeah. bestselling authors. And the amazing thing about uh, my podcast that I found, you may have found this too, is I find guests that have nothing to do with each other that are in different industries that have never met each other saying the same thing. And if mm-hmm, you pay mm-hmm. attention, you can kind of see common patterns. So for instance, the probably the number one thing I hear about good leadership is that leadership leaders are servants. Like leadership is about yeah. serving the people yep. that you lead. A lot of people have that backwards. They think leadership mm-hmm. is about the people you lead serving you. And, right. and I'm telling you, that ain't it. And if you think <laughs> that's it, you're you're not going to be a good leader. You're mm-hmm. just you're just mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Another one I hear a lot that I think people have a hard time with sometimes is trust your instincts. Like people sometimes don't trust their instincts like they should. And I'll bet you, Dina, if you reflect back on your life, I know this is true for me. If I reflect back on my life and think about the times that I went against my instincts, most of the time it was a bad Mm -hmm. decision. Mm -hmm. Like your instincts are there evolutionarily for a reason that, that feeling you get in your gut, is real. You should listen to it. So, yeah. but anyway, the neat that, so, so that, that's kind of the ultimate goal is to have that trilogy of books and kind of leave that for my children and, and for the wider. That's world. wonderful. Yeah, that's great. And I'm glad, I'm glad that you're focusing on leaders. I think that's the help that's really needed right now, especially since this kind of a weird space right now with, after the pandemic, you know, yeah. uh, leadership has changed. I am a servant leader. I, I know I am. I am for my team. I have a team of about uh, 18 under me nice. and it's a, it's a big team and I have to make sure that I inspire them, that I'm the one, even if I'm in a bad mood, I'm not in front of them. You know, like if they need help, I'm there with them, you know, doing the work too. And uh, it, it actually is rewarding to be honest. Um, you yep. start to see that they are productive, but one of the challenges, Brian, that everyone's having is even finding people to lead. Right. So that's good that you're trying to give them tools and tips and like strategies on how they can be the best leader possible. Cause let me tell you right now, it's kind of rough out there. So if you're coming out with a, with an attitude of people serving you, you're going to be a very lonely leader. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. It's some, and in long-term especially. So yeah. What does that mean like to serve people like as a practical matter? So, uh, you know, you can, we can say these words and phrases all the time and they sound great, but what does that look like in action? And so I'll give you one example. I tell people all this all the time. I have a law firm I run with a bunch of employees and most lawyers, when you ask them, what's the most important thing in your firm? They say the clients. And that's not true for me. The most right. important thing at my firm are my employees, period. If right. a client is rude to my employees, the client is fired, not right. the employee. And that's that's not only the right thing to do, but when you lead that way and you actually, like, it doesn't matter what you say, when your actions are consistent with that principle. Right. And the people you work with will be loyal to you and they'll do yeah. everything they can for you. So it's not only the right, I tell you, it was not only the right thing to do, but it's the smart thing to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also, you can also uh, assess that yourself when you're looking around. And if you have a high turnover rate, you need to ask yourself why that is. Uh, yeah. I have employees that have been with me for seven years. You know what I mean? So they yeah. are, 
they know that I have their backs. They know that I have their backs. And, um, and I feel like if I, when I, when I'm in a pinch, I can call my team and they'll be there, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're right. That's a really beautiful thing. I did have a quick question for you in your trilogy. You said happiness. What's happiness? (laughs) I used to think happiness was something other than it actually is. I, Mm. I don't think I have the secret to happiness now but I think I have a path. And before I tell you the path, I'll tell you, do you know what the opposite of happiness is? The opposite of happiness. Yeah. Hmm, you ever I don't thought know. about that? Is it fear? Is it fear or sadness? No, I don't think so. That's what a lot of people would say. People say the opposite of happiness is sadness or unhappiness or something like that. I think the opposite of happiness is boredom, is not having mm. any purpose, not mm. having anything to do. And I'll tell you, you know, I've had that happen in my life. Like I've had situations where I've had these really huge cases. I've worked really hard on them for years. I settled the cases for a lot of money. The clients are super happy. My firm makes a bunch of money. And then I find myself upset and like down and depressed for like a month afterwards. And I could not figure out, and this happened multiple times over the last decade, I couldn't figure out why it was until I realized I had purpose when I was like, I was invested emotionally in these cases. Uh, And when they went away, all of a sudden that purpose went away. And so what I figured out, I'll tell you a quick Mm. story about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. When I first started as a 47 year old, the way it works is you get belts and ranks and stuff. And the jujitsu belts actually mean something. And, but before you get a new promotion, they put little pieces of tape Right. A stripe on your belt. Right. And when I got my first stripe on my white belt, I drove home. And as I was driving home, I broke down crying uncontrollably. Like I couldn't stop crying. And it was, it was like, because I felt so good about the accomplishment. Mm. Like I was like, I did this at 47. It was super tough. I feel so happy. I called my dad up crying. I was like, dad, I feel like an idiot. I've got a little piece of tape on my belt and I'm crying in happiness. And what it really brought home to me, Nina, is true happiness is, is not about chasing happiness. In fact, if you chase happiness, you will get the opposite. You will get sadness inevitably. True happiness is about chasing purpose or chasing worthy goals or doing difficult things and being Mm -hmm. successful. The happiest times I've ever been in my life, and I'm sure your listeners feel this way too, or when I did something hard and I succeeded, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Drinking a glass of wine is great. Going out to a wrong concert and partying with my wife is great, but those are ephemeral. Those don't last long. Right. It's the stuff that's hard, that, that's meaningful in the end. So true. And I think that that's why our lives, when they hit these hard times, these walls, Right. And we have overcome them and we learn the lesson from it. I always say to look at whatever that hard circumstance was in your life and thank it for whatever lesson it taught you. Right. And then let go of the garbage. It's that that saying, right. Uh, Chew the bone, chew the meat, spit out the bones. Right. Um, And I feel like that that same thing that you just explained is what I try to do with life. Right. I take the good lessons out of the out of life and I try to always live congruent to my values. And that's how, and that to me is happiness as well. Like, you know, some people give you that superficial, well, you'll feel, you'll feel joy and you'll feel, and 
yes, joy is, but joy is sustainable. Joy is supposed to sustain you even through the crap. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I, I love that. I love that, um, that you're going to be writing that, that trilogy and that book in that perspective. That's going to be super helpful. Good for you. Thank you. I, I don't know how you find time for any of it, but good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Brian, this was such a great conversation. And, uh, you know, again, I want to thank you because I know that our, our, you know, we had some technical issues, but you are so gracious to have given us, you know, uh, over 30 minutes of your time and, you know, being able to speak to my audience in such an authentic way. And I just wanted to thank you for being on straight talk and being here, but I do want to let people know how to um, either work with you or get your books or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So give us all of those um, social media handles that we're trying to get people not to do all the time, but you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Podcast. Yeah, lo- or- <laughs> so law firm is VB attorneys, V as in Victor, B as in Brian, VB attorneys.com, all one word. We're all, we're all over the social and the internet. My personal stuff. If you go to Brian Beckham.org Beckham's kind of a weird spelling. It's B E C K C O M. And then on the socials, I'm probably most active on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook is Brian Beckham lawyer. Uh, mm-hmm. And that that's awesome. kind of where you can find me. Yeah. That's great. Thank you so much for being here. I really it's been awesome. You. It's been awesome. You're, you're, you're a beautiful person and Thank your you. show is awesome. And, and I apologize for the uh, technical difficulties. Thanks no. for giving me a second chance. Uh, that, that <laughs> it's embarrassing when a computer scientist technology doesn't work. <laughs> I'll just tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Thank you so much. And guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I'm telling you, Brian is just such a great human. He's just a great human. And like I always say to you guys, I try to find the best humans on the planet to come on here to grow, challenge, and transform your thinking. Please go ahead and pick up his books. Follow him on his social media. Say hello to him. Let him know that you heard him on Straight Talk. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You are the best, okay? I have the best podcasting community ever. I really do. And I appreciate you guys being on here. Make sure you go on to winject.com slash register, W-I-N-J-E-C-T dot com slash register and register for my free community because I want to be really um, connected with you and I want us to brainstorm and be with each other and connect in a deeper way. If you are looking for coaching, please make sure that you also email me at hello at straighttalknosugaredit.com. I work with women and I help them develop that business that they are envisioning in their hearts so that they can win. Thank you guys so much for being here. Love you, love you, love you. This is Dina Perez, Straight Talk, No Sugar Added. Until next time. Thank you.